This is a branded podcast from Postscript Studios. The term of art for climate goals in the utility business is net zero. But how do you get to actual zero emissions to eliminate them from the grid entirely? That is what the Sacramento Municipal Utility District, known as SMUD, is trying to do by 2030. Now our vision is to be a powerful partner for an inclusive zero carbon economy. Paul Lau is the CEO and general manager of SMUD. He's worked at the utility for 40 years, and he is all in on the push to zero. I think right now we're in the midst of a clean energy transition, which comes with a completely new paradigms, not just in energy supply, but in our relationship with our customers. And we're really, really excited about it. SMUD is a municipal utility serving a million and a half customers in Sacramento, California. Renewable generation and batteries are a big part of SMUD's decarbonization plan, but it cannot hit zero emissions without harnessing the power of people. Now, if we don't bring all of customer and community along as we pursue our zero carbon goals, we'll all fail. So our customer has our incredible, important partner on this journey. So this is critical to support our transition to a clean energy future. And that's true for every utility, not just SMUD. Last year, the Brattle Group released an analysis of customer action and decarbonization pathways. And it found that empowering individuals is just as essential as replacing power plants. So choices that you and I make can reduce nearly two times more emissions than clean energy supply between now and 2040. That's just massive and a multiple that we did not expect when we first were encountering this research. That's Matt O'Keefe, the head of O-Power at Oracle Energy and Water. What are these individual choices? They include investing in heat pumps, solar, electric vehicles, smart thermostats, and behavior changes to reduce consumption at times of peak demand. So these are choices and actions we get to take each day, as well as decisions we make when we're investing in our home and in our transportation. And this two times of an impact by 2040 means a lot for efficiency because we're not seen as a renewable resource in the same way. But as a carbon resource, it is most impactful today to invest in energy efficiency because the grid is the dirtiest we'll be right now. So the Brattle Group put the individual consumer at the center of this decarbonization conversation in ways that we could not expect. So what would the customer-empowered energy transition look like? In this episode, produced in collaboration with Oracle Energy and Water, we're exploring how technology advancements and the urgency of climate change are putting customers at the center of decarbonization. Stephen Lacey sat down with SMUD's Paul Lau and Oracle's Matt O'Keefe to talk about the trend. We're having a conversation today about customers, and there are a lot of different types of customers. So I wonder if we could start with how you are both thinking about classifying the motivations of customers, whether they're thinking about bill savings or whether they're thinking about climate change or other environmental issues or energy independence. How are you breaking down types of customers and customer motivations? Uh, Matt, do you want to start? Sure. When I think about customers today, I think that we've just got to remind ourselves that we are customers, our families are customers, our friends, our neighbors are customers. And inside of that group, all of us know there are multiple different motivations for how we all act. And you multiply that by tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands across the territory, and you realize that everyone is different and everyone's going to be motivated in different ways, um, and that each person can be motivated in different ways throughout a year. But what we all report is pretty similar. We all say we are motivated by the cost. We care about money. 
Many folks report they are motivated by the environmental mission. Others want to let you know that they are going to do the right thing because um, they're good citizens. But ultimately, we want to make sure we are thinking of the customers um, um, in their journey with a utility so that we can continue to provide that information for folks when they want to act and for the reasons they want to act. I think that many folks in Paul's position um, are most pleased when they're actually not thinking about their utility, where their energy is coming from, because that means things are going well, their bill is manageable, and their lights are staying on. So we want to make sure that we are engaging folks at certain parts of their life cycle, uh, but certainly not overwhelming them with information at all times. Paul, what does that mean for SMUD's territory? How are you thinking about the different types of customers and what their motivations are? So we actually go through what we smart call, you know, customer segmentation. So we really try to understand the different class of customer that we have from residential all the way to the big commercial customers to really say, what are they looking for for electric utility? You know, what is the value that they have, you know, in terms of how they value the, the power is delivered? And do we have programs? Do we have choices for them to actually act, you know, in, ter- in a way that, you know, that really kind of fits the lifestyle. So, for example, you have some early adopters, you know, on the residential side, that is really interested in environment. So, you know, they have a little more resources, so they really want to start thinking about, you know, putting solar on the roof, you know, putting batteries and buying electric vehicles and doing quite a bit of energy efficiency stuff. But then you also have people on the other end that, you know, families that are, are very, very busy, you know, in terms of their life, but they really want, you know, simple ways to actually help them lower the bill. So I think what what happens of what we look at, you know, from the, the customer perspective, we try to look at the different customer segments that we have, what values do they have, you know, that, that what value do, does utility bring to them, and then what program that we can actually accommodate their lifestyles and their values, and then give them those choices to act on those. I think it's important to note that we increasingly see that the segment one is in is not static, and more so than ever, folks are moving between segments. So... What we see now is more extremes. More folks um, have solar and electric vehicles than ever before that are fully engaged in a clean energy future. But also, in the last two years, a full quarter of people in the country who normally could pay their bill could not pay their bill for the first time. So this is a shocking disparity that we're seeing. And inequality is showing up inside of the utility uh, frameworks and segmentations and segments the same way it would throughout the rest of the country. So I think that we're trying to uh, rationalize and prepare for um, a a reality when folks are moving in between segments and that their journey is, in fact, accelerated um, in in different directions we might have seen in the past. So customers are extremely important for accelerating decarbonization. Paul, how does that resonate with you when you think about your targets to zero out greenhouse gas emissions? It, it absolutely aligns with it. I think, you know, the barrel group is absolutely right. So just to give you some context, right? So the SMUS power plants emits about 2 million metric tons of carbon a year, but the building and transportation sector emits 8 million metric tons of carbon. So it's exactly what Matt actually talked about, Matthew actually just talked about. Customer has to be central to that solution. So when you look at our SMUTS plan, right, besides decarbonizing our completely removing carbon from our power supply, the two millimetric tons, we're also investing $2 billion, you know, in the building and transportation sectors, along with energy efficiencies and the low flexibility, because that's really where a lot of the, you know, that, that's a much bigger impact. So our plan actually calls for 1 million metric tons of reduction from that 8 million metric tons of carbon. 
and we're just investing about $2 billion on it because we really believe customers absolutely have to play in that solution. Because just to give you some context, right? Uh, besides putting rooftop solar and batteries, which you're investing in, the electric vehicle is a very good example. California is mandated to basically put in about 5 million, 5 million electric vehicles by 2030. And SMUD's contribution of that is about 300,000 vehicles. Each one of those vehicles probably pack about 75 kilowatt hour battery pack. And so if you think about if we can even harness a third or you know, half of those, it's probably multiple, equivalent to multiple power plants that you know, is actually clean, you know, from, that we can actually use from the, uh, from the electric vehicles, especially when you couple that. And right now, electric vehicles are a very interesting proposition for the utilities from a reliability perspective. Think about all those batteries, right, and those cars. If we can actually use when you have excess renewables on the grid itself to charge those batteries, you know, during those what we, we're going to call excess periods during the day, and then discharge it, you know, during the peak, you know, which will really you know, kind of later on into the day when solar stuff, you know, is kind of declining its production. So this is, it, it could, just for smart, it could mean three of our biggest power plant, it could come from those vehicles if you can get the customers to participate. And if the utilities can work with the customers and with companies like Opower, and it comes in with programs that can really benefit them. So it's a win, win, win. It's a win for the customer. It's a win, you know, for the grid reliability. It's also a win for all the, all the customers that SMUT serves in the Sacramento area. So customer is central. How do we make it so that the customer is motivated to use, say, their electric vehicle as a grid asset? I'm sure that there are a lot of early adopters who see the advantages of um, charging at certain times and um, also recognizing the benefit to the grid. But I'm sure that there's a whole new class of customers who are buying electric vehicles who may not be thinking about that in the same way. So how do you communicate that to the customer and the new class of customers that are investing in electric vehicles and make it so it's beneficial to them and so that they see their role in providing that grid service and helping decarbonize the grid? That's a $64,000 question, Stephen. But, but I think here's how we look at it. We said, you know what, first of all, you know, in order for customers to, to change their behaviors or be part of the solution, first you need to educate them. First you need to engage them to see why does it actually matter. Why, do they, why does it matter how and when they charge their electric vehicles matters to them, you know, the benefit they get either financially or is it you know, with the reliability of the grid itself or, or just doing the right thing for the environment. Like for SMUD, we went to a, a campaign in the Sacramento area to say why it matters. Because besides just being carbon, which people think about climate change, but local air quality really, really matters. So we actually told the people in Sacramento that Sacramento is one of the, the dirtiest air basins. If you live in Sacramento, your child actually have 20% higher chance of child super asthma rate. And one of the fastest way to actually, if you electrify your, your, your electric vehicle, I mean, electrify transportation and, and buy electric vehicles from both residential and commercial fleet is one of the fastest way for you to clean up the air in the local area. And besides that, if you, if you actually partner with a customer, you can also think about all those new jobs that you can actually have bring into community to really think about all the, all these thousands, hundreds of thousands of charging infrastructure that you need to put in and how you can actually engage the community as part of the workforce development and how do you actually attract new business coming in. So one of the things SMUD is doing right now is we're a, a founder, a co-founder of the California Mobility Center, which is a public-private partnership to really help advance e-mobility from policies to software to hardware to manufacturing 
to really think about how to accelerate those to improve not just the air quality, but really improve the, the inclusive workforce development within and really kind of bringing that in. So it's really about making sure that people understand why this is important to them, to themselves, why is it important to the community they live in, why is it important, you know, in terms of what they can actually do for themselves from a value proposition perspective. And then really about, you know, doing something that really just not for yourself, but for your kids and for future generations. Really let them know why it matters. Matt, what do you think? One important thing that I heard both you and Paul reference is that there's a new group of customers buying EVs. We've had it easy because to buy an EV in the last couple of years has been the early adopters, the hobbyists, those who want to spend time with the technology. And now with gas prices as they are um, and with the uh, broader um, assortment of EVs on the road, we're going to see new folks who are purchasing EVs for very different reasons. And we've always thought the most about these customers, these customers that are not on the bleeding edge, but the customers that we need to adapt and change en masse in order to achieve the targets we need as a society. And so I am nervous about this. How do we get them to be a grid resource? I think the first step is to think about when they're charging and making sure folks fully understand the rate structures. I have an AV and I save 50% by charging at night as opposed to during the day. And that is incredibly obvious to me because the way that my utility made that clear once I got an EV. They put that information in front of me. And it's been reinforced over time because I get continuous communication alerting me to when I am charging and letting me know this. And it's simple and it's easy. And I would say that should become standard service. But that's hard and that requires major investment. So the single best thing we can do at first is, is make sure we have rate structures that really do meet the needs of these EV customers. After that, I think that you have to start thinking about what is the best action that a customer can take because folks are not going to participate in all your programs at once. Right now, you have folks that may be willing to have a managed charging program as well as a a, a managed heating and HVAC system, um, as well as participate in, um, in solar programs. But that's probably too much for the average customer in the future. So we got to think about targeting customers with the right program for them and not asking too much of them. So let's look at the segments out in the population and figure out whether or not someone's a better resource for us if they have a if they're participating in an um, in an HVAC program and we can take control of their thermostat during events or if they're better for us and where they are on the grid and in the need for that utility as part of a managed charging program. And so we'll have to get a lot more prescriptive about this and the customers we ask to do that because our expectations need to be lowered but our communications need to increase at the same time with this new class of customers that is adopting electric vehicles. Paul, I've heard a number of technologies mentioned. We're talking about electric vehicles, rooftop solar, uh, behavioral energy efficiency, home electrification. There are a lot of different ways that customers can participate and make smart investments for both themselves and the benefit of the grid. What are the highest value investments you think could be made on the customer side? Do any particular approaches stand out to you or is it the silver buckshot approach for you? I think for us, it's really a silver buckshot. I mean, and a lot of it is actually getting into scale. So certainly, you know, something as simple as a smart thermostat, right, that you help pre-cool the home, you know, before the peak comes and then and then have it ride through. If everybody does it, that could add up to hundreds of megawatts. 
And on top of that, you can actually, you know, if you don't pre-cool the home, just basically just putting energy efficiency measures, right? That, you know, the, but when you do weatherization on new windows, some of those are, are very expensive. But you can, uh, what, I, what I always tell people to do first is do the simple things. You know, if you haven't changed the compact fluorescence, change compact fluorescence. Some simple weatherization. Then you, I think exactly what Matt said. Then you have programs that kind of start stepping them up further. Then you go in and say, well, you know, what about having, you know, pay them, help to help them in, enroll in programs for the slot thermostat and have them participate in demand flexibility programs. Then you can actually have the next conversation, you know, if they have rooftop, you know, convince them to put batteries in and have them sign up for programs like Smite is doing right now, what we call the virtual power plant, that you offer them incentives to sign up if they have a, batteries from, you know, some simply just say, hey, I am going to participate and shift my load to all the way to let us have some control of those batteries on during peak. And so you range from $500 to $2,500 to help you, you know, put in batteries. And then you go and then you have the next conversation really about, well, what about, you know, in terms of uh, having just batteries by itself? And then you have the conversation, I think exactly what Matt said is having race structure that really encourages them to, you know, first of all, buy electric vehicles. And then you also need to think about, well, do you have enough charging infrastructures in the community that we can actually work with the state and the federal to put in charging infrastructure to get over people's anxiety, you know, range anxiety pieces. And then you also need to make sure that you offer them incentives in charging, about charging at the right time. And then on follow on top of that, then you go ahead and say, well, it, well, it would be great if you allow us, you know, help you have race that help you charge when the peak have plenty of power, when the grid has plenty of power, and then give them incentives to discharge their vehicles when the grid is actually stressed. And so you, you kind of got to play that continuum. And so those are the, all the things that Smart is actually doing to really engage the customer in being part of the solution. I want to finish with a look forward. It's hard to imagine these trends slowing down, but you can imagine um, a very rapid trajectory, and you could imagine us not making progress as quickly as we need to. So how do you see the acceleration of these trends playing out? What could prevent it from going as fast as we need it to, and what could really supercharge it? Matt, what do you think? I'm going to go back to first principles here at Opower and remind ourselves of what behavioral science will tell us. And that is that folks are influenced and inspired by what they see around them and what becomes the norm. So I think that the more we talk about, the more that we show, and the more that we experience uh, the next generation of technologies, the more likely we're going to see a rapid acceleration. Uh, the good news about electric vehicles is they have far more in common with solar than they do with efficiency. Folks can see them, and they can see that they have been normalized and understand that it is not a risk to actually start to electrify transportation. But with energy efficiency, I think that we still need to think about what transitioning the relationship between the utility and their customers are when it comes to demand reduction. And so when I see... Utilities like SMUD and their peers investing in flexible demand reduction where we're asking customers to participate with successful programs that allow people to make choices and that we're not afraid to engage people in these ways. We're going to see that they will make good decisions for the grid and for their bills increasingly on their own, uh, but we got to continue to ask them. Paul, you get the final word. (laughs) 
I think in addition to what Matt said, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that can accelerate the journey. So obviously falling capital costs for technologies, particularly storage, but also wind and solar will be a major enabler. But we do need breakthrough technologies, you know, that would be critical. So they'll be focusing on long duration storage, hydrogen as a replacement fuel in the power plants, and carbon capture and sequestration. And so we also act very active right now in, in this technology spaces and R&D efforts. And we're partnering with the federal governments are needed to provide a policy support and funding streams to make these transitions manageable and really kind of de-risk a lot of significant investments that are beyond reach for individual utilities. I think state and federal support for R&D that allow us to experiment and learn faster without pushing the cost on the ratepayers would be important. And then federal funding opportunity that leverage our collaboration with community organizations at the local and regional level, we also support acceleration. And SMUD is certainly actively working with labor groups, local agencies, and community groups to put forward uh, inclusive solutions. So ultimately, both policy support and direct funding are needed to push, I think, this technology development needed to hit the zero carbon goals that we are looking for. Now, in terms of what could slow down the progress, I'll just say the flip side of things I just mentioned. If technology doesn't advance in long duration energy storage, alternative fuels, for example, but certainly, I think I agree with Matt that uh, you definitely need uh, the participation of the customers and get them on board as quickly as they can and adopt some of those technologies as quickly as we can for this transition to happen. That was Paul Lau, the CEO and General Manager of the Sacramento Municipal Utility District, and Matt O'Keefe, the head of OPower at Oracle Energy and Water. OPower uses behavioral science to find moments that matter for the customer and turns them into positive action to lower greenhouse gas emissions. To learn more about Oracle's vision, visit go.oracle.com slash energy of everyone or click the link in the show notes. 